Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. Officially, we are in season two. Praise God. We are in season two, the very first episode of our new season. We are also in a brand new year. This is 2023. And I know that God is wanting to step it up. And I look forward to pursuing the things that he has led me to do. I'm so thankful for this podcast. Um, I'm thankful that the Lord put it on my heart to uh, venture out. This was actually unfamiliar territory for me. Uh, And so this was definitely a leap of faith and something that was not my normal. But I am so thankful that I was obedient to the Father and I pursued what it is that he wanted me to do concerning this podcast. And I believe that there is more to come. And I just also believe that for you in this new season, this new year, Uh, it is a new year and I don't know what types of visions or goals the Father has put on your heart, but whatever it is, I would encourage you, even if it's something that you are not really comfortable with or familiar with, if God is leading you to a thing, then definitely, definitely you want to be in his will, not yours, but in his, because I mean, great is the reward. And it's not about the tangible blessings, but it's about the impact that you will make in the body of Christ as a whole. We are blessed to be a blessing to others. And so I would definitely encourage you, whatever area that you feel a tugging, that you really feel that the Lord is leading you into a thing in this new season, this new year, I would encourage you to continue to pursue that. Be obedient to Uh, the unctioning of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I mentioned, this is season two. So this is the very, very first episode of season two. And at the end of season one, I did mention that I was going to do things a little bit differently this season. Yes, I'm going to be leading a couple of messages on my own as I've done in season one. But in season two, I'm also going to incorporate other men and women that the Lord has put on my heart to also bring their thoughts about the word and any types of Um, challenges that they have faced and how God brought them through. Amen. So I feel like collectively there is strength in the body of Christ. And so I wanted to open up the platform and invite some of my dearest friends on board to share and give us an insight uh, that the Holy Spirit has given them. So on this new episode, I did invite one of my dear friends, Solomon Waddles. He's a wonderful man of God. And I know that he's passionate about the Lord. He's passionate about the word of God. I mean, you can't even leave his company without being filled with the spirit of the Lord, with having a touch of love and just being, he just has this infectious smile, this infectious aura about him. And so whenever you're in his presence, you definitely are going to leave changed. You are definitely going to know that you had a touch from the Lord and he just has such a heart for the father. And I wanted to invite him today to join me as we look into a topic. Uh, And the title of the message is called, How Much Is It? And we're going to discuss the cost of discipleship. Now, with everything in life, you must weigh the cost before you do a thing. Uh, I believe that when you don't weigh a cost to do something, then you're not properly prepared which can lead you to falter and it can lead you to fall away from what it is that you're wanting to do. You won't reach your goal. Uh, You will just, you know, become frustrated and and give up. So we're going to look at the cost of discipleship because I believe that the emphasis in the body of Christ is is more towards the blessing and not on the cost. So we're going to look at that here um, as we dive into this next episode of Living Positively Whole. Also, I just kind of want to let you know of some of the topics we're going to dive into this season, just to give you a heads up to to know what to look forward to. So we're also going to discuss later on in another episode, uh, how to be content, how to be satisfied with the life that you're living. Um, We're also going to discuss the power of forgiveness. We're going to also discuss how to give yourself grace. I feel like sometimes we are too hard on ourselves. We'll let it, whether it's past mistakes that we've made, uh, we just don't give ourselves enough grace. We're also going to talk about shame. You know, shame has no place. Uh, I know as a single mom that had, that was an issue for me uh, when I was in my early 20s. And um, that was an issue that I dealt with. Um, and I know that that is something that we're going to speak on a little bit further in the podcast this season. We also are going to have one about going from victim to victorious. 
you know, things change when you develop a new mindset, when you sit under a new perspective. And when you want to see things change in your life, you have to renew your mind on what the word of God says about a thing. You have to develop the mindset of Christ. And so when you start to develop the mindset of Christ, you will naturally walk in a victorious state. Everything that you do, even your actions are going to fall in line with what you are thinking. Because the Bible says that as a man thinks, so is he. So when we do not change our thoughts and our thoughts are not in line with God's word, we won't be able to see those adjustments in those areas that we need. So that's going to be a powerful, powerful message. I can't wait to get to that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this new episode of Living Positively Whole. Thank you everyone for joining me on a new episode of Living Positively Whole. Today's message is entitled, How Much Is It? We're going to dive into the topic and look deeper into what it means to follow Christ. Today joining me, I have a special guest. Uh, He has a heart for the Father. I believe that his actions and his words exemplify that. Uh, He is definitely a man that brings forth the word of God according to how it's written. And I believe that he is definitely a great example uh, to our young men and women. His name is Solomon Waddles, and uh, he is a dear friend to me, and I'm so thankful and honored that he's joining me on this episode. So without further ado, let me welcome Solomon to the stage. What's going on? Excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, So we're going to go ahead and get started. But before we do that, uh, as typical, I like to start off with a word of prayer for those that are listening Thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord God, for another day. Lord, we thank you for fellowship. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true. We thank you that we can build our life upon your word, for your word is our foundation. Lord God, I would pray for the eyes and the ears of the listeners, Lord God. I pray that they would be able to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to them today, that they would also be able to see what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in this season in their life. Lord God, we give you all the honor and the praise, for you are worthy. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. So the backstory behind this message is taken from Luke chapter 14, uh, verses 25 through 35. Uh, This is where there is a lot of emphasis that Christ has put um, attention on what it costs to be a disciple, a follower of Christ. And so I'm going to ask Solomon to give his interpretation or his meaning, the meaning of discipleship. Uh, take a look at discipline uh, before we can I can step into discipleship. I'd love to, to just talk about discipline and, and, and not necessarily mine, but uh, I just want to read the Noah Webster's dictionary of, of discipline. And it says education, instruction or cultivation and improvement. Um, and so uh, when when looking at discipleship and for me to look at what discipleship means, it's basically saying their relationship, that, that word ship the relationship to discipline. So mm-hmm. what is their relationship with discipline? And so uh, being that it's instruction and cultivation, uh, discipleship is being disciplined to something. And uh, I, I believe a lot of times we may look at someone and say, oh man, they don't have discipline or they're not disciplined. What I would like to look at it and say, well, they're actually disciplined to something. Mm-hmm. They're disciplined, their relationship uh, to discipline is to something and it may not be what you see as discipline it may not be going according to the instruction that you've received mm-hmm. but everyone is being disciplined to something so uh discipleship is truly just that relationship to that instruction or a cultivation of improvement of what you're disciplined to so. amen absolutely absolutely so as one can be disciplined to something good then the opposite could be very true you can be disciplined to doing something that is Uh, leading you away from God and what he's called you to do. So that is, I'm so thankful. That's an excellent interpretation of discipleship and discipline. Uh, I want to ask you um, your insight of Luke chapter 14, 25 through 35. But before we get into that, 
many listeners may not actually have their Bible present. So I'm going to go ahead and read that snippet. And then if you would go ahead and give me um, what the father has put on your heart um, to share. So Luke 14, starting at verse 25, it says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And who and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Verse 28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Verse 31, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able to, with 10,000 men, to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. Verse 33. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? If it is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile, it is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So it's interesting, verse 33 Um here we are seeing Jesus is addressing the crowd uh, and he makes a statement that those that are not willing to give up everything cannot be a disciple of Christ. The reason why this message, I wanted to bring this message forward is because there's a lot of emphasis on the blessing, the end result, but there's not much emphasis on what it costs. I believe that there is a cost associated because the word of God has made it clear that there is one. Many of us grow weary during the journey in following Christ. And what happens when we get weary, we just fall off. And unfortunately, some of us do not get to see the blessing that God ultimately has for us because we're not willing to endure that season. So I would like to ask Solomon, you know, your um, your thoughts on what I just read and what Jesus himself stated as far as the cost of following him. Um, I can I can relate to this uh, in, a, in a different way, potentially uh, than some. And if any of the listeners are uh, have ever joined the military, then they may be able to understand uh, what Jesus is, I believe, trying to portray here. Um, uh, Jesus makes some statements and then he gives us uh, a example. He, he draws a parallel to uh, one trying to build a tower and then also one going to war. And so um, there is a cost involved with every decision we make. If we looked at uh, decisions like transactions, um, there is a cost. And so for those who uh, who joined the military, you can understand. But to explain to those who have not, when I signed on that dotted line, I was no longer um, Solomon Waddles, a civilian. That's what we, we, we essentially, you're in the military or you're a civilian. So uh, once I made that transaction, uh, their rules have changed. Things have changed. My life is not my own. I don't get to say, hey, I'm going here at this time because I want to go here at this time. Mm -hmm. uh, for lack of better words, Uncle Sam owns you. Right. And so when, uh, when war breaks out, uh, you don't get to say, I, I, I don't want to go. You go because you are now owned by the United States military. Mm -hmm. And so um, I believe in the same way Jesus is saying, he's saying there's a cost to follow me because you are literally saying my life is not my own, which is also recorded in scripture. Mm -hmm. And so it, it comes from a principle of that God is our owner. Right. 
Uh, we call him Lord. We call, uh, you know, you see in scripture that he's called master. It's because you are no longer owner of yourself. It's so countercultural um, in this world because we say my life and I want to do what I want to do. And and uh, it's my, my, my. We, we live a life of my, my, my. Mm-hmm. But once you, Jesus is saying, count this cause because mm-hmm. you've lived your whole life in the world. The world system has told you my, my, my. But once you step into saying, I want to follow you, he's like, you're stepping into a place where you've made this decision to say it's no longer mine. Right. It's his will. Your your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you're saying your will be done in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, and that is a that is a cost that uh, is, is a it's a heavy price, but it's the best decision you could ever make. Right. Amen. Because. Being again that it is a transaction, if we look at it like a cost, it is a transaction for the military. If you make that transaction, you give them 20 years of your life, mm-hmm. you get retirement for the rest of your life. There's a there is a gain or a profit at the end of this transaction. Right. That's the cost. And so some make it, some don't make it. But in the same way, when we make this transaction with the father, and we ex- receive his son, Jesus, and we choose to follow him. There is a there is a profit at the end that's greater than anything because this world is temporal. A hundred years to eternity don't mean much. Right. And so there is a cost to following him. And that's what he's telling them. There is a cost. There is his will over your father's will, over your mother's will, over your brother, your sister's mm-hmm. will. Um, but the prophet is, is so great, but he's saying, count the cost while you're here, because it will be hard, but, um, and mainly because it's so countercultural. I think that's the biggest part Mm -hmm. you have to understand. Some of the things in in the word, they're simple. They're easy. Mm -hmm. The thing that makes it hard is because it's so countercultural. It's so opposite of what we've known and what we've done. We've learned the world system. And he said, I want to show you the kingdom and this is how the kingdom operates. So. Uh, that may be a little long, but no. uh, but uh, for me, that's what counting the cost, counting the cost of this transaction. You're going to make. Mm-hmm. And you may not see the fruit of it in mm-hmm. a week like you mm-hmm. thought or in a year like mm-hmm. you thought. You know, we can look at Joseph and David and all these uh, men and women um, who, when they made this transaction to follow the father against father, mother, brother, mm-hmm. sister. Um, it was time and it was hard times, Yeah. but the profit and the gain was so great. Amen. So um, there, is, but there is a cost involved. So, Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Fantastic. Has there ever been a time in, during your walk uh, with the father that you um, found that it was, that the cost was a little bit hard, not unbearable because um, through Christ, we can do all things. So, but was there a time in your life that you thought that the cost was a little bit too heavy for you? Uh, yeah. Season. How did the Lord help you through that season when it was a little bit tougher? Um, so, uh, so yes, the answer is yes. The first answer that, um, and how did I endure or, or make it through that season? It was totally, um, taking him at his word. Um, so, there is a uh, a scripture in Psalms 119, verse 49. This was a scripture that was lifeblood for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it says, remember the word to your servant in which you've caused me to hope. Uh, for in my affliction, your words have given me life. And so what he's saying there, when I read that, I'm like, my goodness, because what will happen is in this time where you don't see the fruit of what you've chosen to follow after that blessing like you talked about mm-hmm. when you don't see the blessing you get discouraged right and uh you man you want to quit you want to give up but what day what david is writing in this psalm is he's saying remember he's he's telling him he's like remember what you told me remember what you said it's like me going through 20 years with the military retiring and then saying Remember, you said I would get a retirement if I gave you 20. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, David is saying, remember the word to your servant in which you caused me to hope in, which right. you caused me to make this transaction. And he says, even in my affliction, 
even though it's hard right now, even though I'm hurting right now, he says, your words have given me life. I'm revived by what you said. And so that is, that is what caused me to endure is he would always point me back to what he said. Amen. Even in the situation, I couldn't see it and I wanted to quit, but he would always reassure me in what he said and because he can't lie. And so for anybody out there that is um, standing on a word and, 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 you know, following Christ and it's hard, remember what he said. Mm -hmm. The word of God is your lifeline. It's your receipt. He cannot lie. He said it in numbers. He's not a mere man that he shall lie. And so it's literally your receipt to say, you said this, Father. And he says, I'm, I'm not a man that shall lie. You shall have what I said. So um, that is truly, it, it was not easy, but I would, he would say, I said what I said. Right. He would speak that to me. He said, I said what I said. And I'm now walking in things, man, honestly, five years ago that he said, mm -hmm. he told me to write the vision and he gave me what to write. Five years ago, I'm literally walking in things that he said. And he would tell me during that journey, I said what I said. He did not move off what he said. Amen. So, Amen. God is so good. He doesn't. He doesn't falter. We falter uh, because we're looking at what we're up against in the natural, but we have to be reminded that God is the beginning. He's the end, and He's all the in between. So, if He said it, He is definitely going to bring it to pass. You know, um, if He said it, <laughs> He's going to complete the work that. He began in us. He's faithful, even when we're not faithful. You know, I think about seasons where they were the most difficult, but I am thankful for them because they helped to stretch me. I think that God is, he's, his, his thoughts are not focused on the blessing because he already knows what he's prepared for us at the very beginning when he's called us to a thing. He's more focused on our character because we can pray for a thing and, and believe for a thing and maybe even endure a season to receive that blessing that God has put aside for us. But he is consumed with the character and the essence of our heart, because if he blesses us with that thing, is that thing going to destroy us? And so we see that all throughout scripture, men and women of God, that I believe our father's heart is towards cultivating that character in us. And the best way to cultivate a godly character is sometimes through the hardest situations. I look at the situations that I've gone through in my life and the hardest ones, the ones that really tugged at my flesh, the, the worst are the best moments that I ever went through because God brought me through them. And I was able to look back and say, wow, look at who I was before and look at what God has done in and through me. And I'm so much more better because of it. You know, when we're going through that pulling process, nobody likes it. It doesn't feel good, but it's necessary because our father knows where we need to be when we need to be there. And we have to trust no matter what it looks like and no matter how long. You know, I think a lot of us, uh, we we do get tired in the wait. You know, we get tired. Well, Lord, I, I thought you were going to be here like four years ago. And here it is eight years ago, you know, so do we remain faithful on the instructions that the father has given us from the very beginning and understanding that there is that cost um, that Solomon spoke about earlier. And I'm so thankful that you broke it down in such those terms that you use as far as the military, because that made it, that made the picture even more clear. You know, it's a more natural um, interpretation of a spiritual principle. Um, and I'm so thankful that you did that. And, Thank you again. But um, let me pop. All right. So we're going to switch over to uh, Luke chapter 18. And um, but before I do that, I want to get a little bit real with the listeners, because as I've said on previous podcasts, I don't have it together, <laughs> but I am a believer that we overcome by the blood of our blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And my testimony does me no good if I just keep it to myself. And so that's one of the reasons why I try to be as open and transparent for the, your listeners to let you know that I've been through maybe some of the things that you're going through right now. Um, and I just want to encourage you in the word 
and let you know that the Lord is going to lead you through whatever it is that you're going through. Um, but there was a season that I just came out of and I was led to make a decision by way of the Holy Spirit. And I, I know I made the right decision. I was like, Lord, I know I heard you right. I didn't hear you wrong. But the end result did not um, give what I thought. The end result was actually more devastating than I was prepared to receive. And so I had a moment and I remember in my flesh, I was so distraught because I thought within myself that I got it wrong. I said, Lord, I know I, I must have got it. I got it wrong. I didn't hear you right. And I went before my father and I just laid my concerns at his feet. And when I came um, um, from praying, the father told me that sometimes the decisions that I lead you to make will not give you the result that you're thinking. They may be harder than what you're prepared to receive, but you have to stay grounded on my word. You have to stay grounded on what I've told you to told you before. Um, before this season that I'm currently in actually took place, I was worshiping here at church and I was singing and I had a moment where the father whispered to me, there's, you're about to come into a season and this season is about to fortify you in your faith. And the father told me clearly, he said, do not be moved, do not be shaken, stand on my word. And I sat down while everybody else was worshiping and I said, okay, um, because I know that when my father speaks to me, it's, you know, <laughs> obviously to prepare me for something ahead. And sure enough, a couple of months ha had passed and then I was met with this uh, decision. Uh, I made the decision according to the Holy Spirit. The result was devastating, but I'm still standing strong now because what God showed me through that is that he's all that I need. He's my source. He's my strength. He's my foundation. He's um, my comfort. He's all that I need. He will carry me through. And I just wanted to share that. It was on my heart and I wanted to share that with anybody that's listening. I don't know what you may be going through, what you've come out of, but I just want to remind you that God is never changing. He is constant. He already knows what you're about to face before you face it. And it doesn't shake him, not one bit. I would encourage you to just get rooted in his word. Stay at the feet of Jesus. Continue to listen to his instruction and know that he'll carry you through no matter what it is. Amen. All right. So let's take a look at uh, Luke chapter 18. And I'm going to start at verse 18. And um, it starts by saying, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these things I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left all we had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brother or sister or parent or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times 
as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. So here we have a, a ruler. And from what we're reading, this ruler uh, deems himself as being good because he makes the statement, Jesus, I followed your commandments. Uh, I've been good since I was a boy. But Jesus' reply to him was that he needed to give up all he had and give to the poor and come and follow him. He was very, it, that was a very difficult request we can read in this particular text. And I believe that that is a, something that's difficult for the society that we live in right now. I believe that this society, the world that we live in now is more consumed with self. What, what I can get out of it? What am I going to get out of it? Well, yes, I can give up all that I have, but what, what do you have reserved for me? We have come away from focusing on Christ. All that we do, we live, we breathe, everything that we do is for him. But we've gotten so focused on ourselves and less on him and what he's called us to, to do. So I just want to ask Solomon I want your take on what we just read. And um, you have the floor. So this is interesting. I've never I've never seen this before in this text, but it, it um, came to me and uh, probably the Lord's leading me to, to, to say this. Uh, so. Jesus replies to him, this rich young ruler, um, he says, uh, you know, the commandments and he says, do not commit adultery, murder, steal, bear false witness, honor your father, mother. He said, I, I've kept these from my youth. Uh, I love Jesus because when he uh, when he speaks, he in the same way when God talks to us. So, uh, you know, for the listeners um, uh, and I know it's definitely for myself, when God asks you a question, um, he knows every <laughs> answer. So he's not asking yeah. to so you can answer him. He's asking because you need to know the answer. Um, because he already knows, but there's something that needs to be revealed to you. And so, um, and I know this text, we've always kind of seen this text, you know, you didn't want to give up the money. You don't want to give them up the money. And they're like, man, who can be saved? Like, man, you know, rich people can't be saved, right? <laughs> so Jesus never asked him about keeping the commandment about idolatry not putting anything above God. Mm, that's so good. Because Jesus already knew that that was the one that he didn't keep. Mm. Money had become his idol. <laughs> he revealed it in his answer. I, I'm, my background is in psychology. And, and when I talk to people, uh, I ask a lot of questions. And, and honestly, Jesus did the same thing because people's answer always reveals their heart. Correct. They don't have to tell you. You just just by answering a question, they can tell you. And so by his question, by him asking, like, hey, give this up or just tell him, give this up. It, he was sorrowful. He left. He revealed that money was over God. Hmm. God doesn't have a problem with you having things. The things can't have you. Because hmm. this whole life that we live is is founded on do we trust the father? Hmm. And he has to be number one. He says, he says, he'll lead us back to his word. He'll lead us back to what he said. And if we have anything, we'll trust that thing over what he said. This whole life and this whole journey is based on the foundation of the truth of the word of God. Mm -hmm. You spoke earlier about God whispering to you. He whispered his word to you and you knew what his word, you knew you need to be found yeah. in his word. He said, stand on my word. It's because it's like a receipt. It's a contract. Yeah. That you can go, if I am the heir to the richest man, let's say Jeff Bezos said, I'm leaving all my inheritance <laughs> to Solomon Wallace. Yeah. And, and if I walk up in the court and say, um, hey, man, I'm here to, to grab my inheritance from Jeff Bezos. They're like, boy, you crazy. <laughs> Why would he leave? And all I would have to do, they would send me out of there laughing. But if I showed them that will, they'd have to release that money. Mm hmm. And so because God words his mind. So I just thought that was so interesting that we can take a lot from this because it may not be money. Some of us, we may not be just rolling in it. Yeah. But what is what has you? What has your heart? 
what do you put your trust in more than you do him? So good. Because yeah. I believe it's, it's so interesting. He goes down and uh, don't jump too far, but he says, um, he says, there's no one who's left, you know, parents, brothers, wife, children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present time and the age to come. This is also um, written in Mark 10. It speaks of the same thing. It says, you will receive a hundredfold now in this time. Well, I think that's so beautiful. God says, you trust me with it. It's all transaction based. Mm-hmm. This is, man, God's been dealing with me about stewardship. And when we talk about stewardship, a lot of time, especially in the body of Christ, we always dealing with money. Right. It's like, oh, it's time to talk about your finances because we're, we're going to do a series on stewardship. Man, God has really impressed on me. And especially in this season, um, moving into the season, going into 2023 about stewardship. Mm-hmm. And stewardship has to do with everything, not money. Correct. Money is a part of it. But it's time, people, resources, fine. It's all stewardship because we don't own any of it, even our life. Mm-hmm. We're stewarding our life because mm-hmm. we're not the owner of it. We just manage it. And so it's so beautiful. It's because it's stewardship and it's all transaction based. God's saying, whatever you give to me, mm-hmm. Freely, because you don't own it, because we, we're, you're stealing. Right. If you think it's yours, you're stealing. That yeah. money, he thought, I ain't going to get my money up. He just stole from God <laughs> because it yeah. wasn't his money. It was God's money that God was allowing him to steward, and he showed himself a poor steward. Mm-hmm. See, we would look, if we were looking according to the world standards, we would say he's a good steward because he's rich. In God's eyes, right here in the text, we show that he was a poor steward because it wasn't his money. Mm-hmm. He chose to steal from God and say, I'm not giving this. And so he wouldn't receive his reward in heaven. Right. His transaction would be great. And so in the same way, uh, we can look past the money here. What is it that we say, I'm not willing to give up? Mm-hmm. And we'll say, oh, well, I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm, man, I'm doing that. And God said, what about this? Oh. Mm. <laughs> what about this relationship? Mm. What about this show that you just don't put down? You don't even get in my word because you're watching the show. Mm, I don't, what is it mm-hmm. that we aren't willing to give up? God says you're going to gain so much more. Yeah. I have so much more for you. But because I'm the owner, I know that I'm looking at what you have that I got you managing. And you think it's yours. He's like, I can't give you more. What's in my hand? That's right. And so um, I just I, I think it's a it's a picture. God isn't saying that, um, you know, you can't be rich or anything like that. But what he goes on and says, it's harder for a rich man. He says, because most of the time. I'm pretty sure he's saying most of the time, rich people, they put their trust in their riches. We actually read about this in Revelation. There was a church. They put their church in their affluence, their, their trust in their affluence. So it was hard for them. And so, um, no, man, we, it, God wants to bless us to, so that the, the message of the kingdom can go out. He doesn't want us broke, busted, and disgusted. Um, he wants us to prosper in every area mm-hmm. because his children, he's the owner of his children. So if he's prospering, if he's a good, good father, he wants his children right. to look in the same way in his image and his likeness. That's right. So, but, but, um, but him knowing I, you being a mother and, and I can understand, I, you know, being a son, if my mom knew I was going to blow, blow money, she wasn't going to give me just a thousand dollars. Yeah. Because she know I wouldn't steward it well. And so in the same way, uh, this just, I, I see stewardship here. That's see, so good. I see stewardship, not just of money. That was just the example we were given, but it could be, again, it could be a relationship. It could be a time. Um, it could be resources that God has given. It could be our talents. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with that? The, the the voice or the speaking ability or whatever it may be. What are you doing with it? So um, good. Are you putting your trust in that over God? So um, that's that's what I see, and it's just a. It, it, I'm ministering to myself as well. Here. <laughs> that's usually how it works when the Lord is involved. You know. Um, we believe ourselves to be giving a word 
to help water others, but in turn, we also are watering ourselves. And that's just how good our God is. So, but while you were speaking, what the father illuminated to me um, is the word trust. And uh, it was, it was so interesting because so many times, you know, we focus on, okay, Lord, do, am I showing that I trust you? But we don't often ask, well, Father, can you trust me? And what you were talking about as far as stewardship, you know, um, when our Father can trust us with a li little, then he can trust us with, with much more. And so we need to start asking ourselves, okay, well, can my dad, can he trust me with this? What I'm asking for, can he really trust in my care? Can he trust and know that I am going to steward it correctly? Like you were mentioning, you know, and stewardship is not just monetary stewardship. You know, I, I believe also that in the uh, body of Christ, we tend to focus on the tangible stewardship, which is money. But me being a mother, I know for sure that stewardship, when I think about stewardship, I think about my children. Am I stewarding them correctly? Because even my children, they're not my own. <laughs> you know, all that we have is, like you mentioned earlier, is not our own. It is our father's. And so there's going to come a time where my children are going to be adults, according to the world standards. And I have to understand that it is my responsibility to steward over them, to manage how I raise them, how they respond to uh, values when it comes to the word of God and how they are to honor and respect the, the rules of the, of the world, you know, can I send my son and my daughter, are they equipped adequately to be proper representatives, not only of me, but of their heavenly father. And that is something that I always, you know, tell my children is when you go outside of me and I'm not around, remember that you represent me do not represent me in a negative way. And I think about my heavenly father. Okay, dad, am I representing you incorrectly when I'm mismanaging what you have entrusted in my care? And then we turn around and we ask, well, Lord, can you grant, can you give me this? Give me a bigger this or, you know, Lord, give me a mansion. Well, he's not going to give you a mansion when you can't manage an apartment. Like, come on, let's, let's, You've got to learn how to crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run. You don't go from A to Z. There is a process, you know. And so I just was thinking about that when you were speaking earlier about stewardship and the father just illuminated. So many times we think about, OK, Lord, can I trust you? We know we can trust him. We can trust him. But can he trust us? And that's a very deep question that I think sometimes we don't even ask ourselves. We know what the answer is, but we try to avoid the truth. You know, we're not prepared. You know, sometimes the seasons that we go through are seasons of preparation where the father just needs to keep you still for a time so that he can pour into you what you need so that you are properly prepared for the next season. Because if you're not prepared, he's not going to send you to the next season. And so, you know, all of this is just coming full circle. And I, I mentioned to Solomon earlier um, for you listeners that we were going to give this message today to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to have uh, his way in this message and bring what was needed for the listeners. And I know it, this word has definitely been encouraging me. And from what I'm hearing on Solomon's and it's doing the same, it's ministering. The word that he's giving to you all is the same word he's needing. And that's just how good our father is. But we just have to see it from the perspective of it should not be, we should not have the posture of, Lord, give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I want. It's all about me, not about you, what you desire from me. We should have the posture where we say, Father, thank you for this day. Lord, what is it? What is your will for my life? What is it that you would want me to do today? Who do you want me to speak to? Who would you want me to pray with? Who do you want me to serve today? How can I serve you? You know, um, that should be our posture. That should be our question. Instead of having our hand always out, Lord, give me. But we we hold our hand out because we want our father to give us more. But yet we keep our hand closed when it comes to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We won't give, but we want our father to give to us. Lord, I have a need. Meet my need. But what if he's giving you something that can meet somebody else's need? The blessing should go full circle. 
iron sharpens iron. Amen. So. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. I, my mind is is going all over the place just with so much scripture, but uh, that is that is that is so true. And I I just want to uh, kind of hone in on one point you said. You said mm-hmm. your children when they're out, they're representing you. Correct. And um, in so many areas, um, that is exactly what is happening. And 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 so you said the Lord's hand is out, but our hand is closed. And so if we were made in his image and his likeness, he's wanting to flow through to us. He's really wanting to pour in us and give into us when we look like him. And, and, and if we don't look like him, then he's saying, I can't give it to you because you're mm-hmm. the representative representation of who I am in the earth. Mm-hmm. People, we can't see the father. We can't see him. We can't see him. I can't look up and say, oh, man, there he is. But it should be in the same way as it's written in John 14. Um, Jesus is talking about him and the father being one. And I believe it's Philip says, show us the father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, how long have you been with me? He says, you've, if you see me, you've seen him. Mm-hmm. It should be the same way that when people see us, they see the father. Amen. And so um, and so when we see the father, it's man, man, I needed that blessing or somebody you, you gave them a word that that they needed. They just prayed. Man, I just prayed about that. Mm-hmm. And you, you just shared something with them. They were seeing the father because mm-hmm. they prayed to the father. But the answer came through man. Mm-hmm. It's because they look you're looking like the father. He, the work he's wanting to do in the earth realm, he's doing it through man. So it's uh, it's just such a beautiful thing. There's so many examples of that in the word. Um, and you, you're talking about the cost. I just want to say that you're talking about the cost. And we talked about not owning your life. And we, we talked about what discipline and discipleship is. And so discipline is right, that instruction. So discipleship is your relationship essentially with that instruction. So instruction always comes from an instructor. And so um, I just see it as you're saying, if I want to be a disciple, I'm willing to follow the instructions of the instructor. Correct. And so we, how can we walk this thing out following a father when we don't know the instructor or we don't know the instructions? Mm. We can't do it. We need the instructions by the instructor so we can look like him. And so you don't get to determine the instructions. I, as a disciple, don't get to determine the instructions. The instructor does. And so the only way for me to look like the instructor is to follow the instructions. And um, and I just think that's a beautiful picture. And when we do, when we do take up the, and we follow those instructions, man, we look like the Father. That's right. We look just yeah. like him. And that's what the world needs. The world needs us looking like jesus or looking like the father so amen that's so good so good and one last uh point i wanted to make when um disciple um the father reminded me you know there's a distinction when it comes to a disciple and then the 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 crowd Mm -hmm. and so the father just had dropped this in my heart a few seconds ago while you were speaking the disciples get such an insight into the father that the rest of the crowd doesn't get. So yes, we, this, this title, the message that we're talking about today is, you know, counting the costs, but let's look at, yes, there's a cost to that, but look at such the great, you know, separation there that the disciples get a closeness, a glimpse of the father that the rest of the crowd does not get to see. The rest of the crowd doesn't get to see that. And that is so amazing. They get that close um, one-on-one instruction, Mm -hmm. you know, that one-on-one instruction that the rest of the crowd doesn't get. Why? So that they can take that instruction and feed the rest of the sheep, feed the rest of the sheep. So I just want this word to encourage you all today. Yes, there is a cost. We need to definitely count the cost uh, when following our heavenly father. But great is the reward. Look at how many people, men and women of God, that you are going to be able to bless along the journey. You know, the journey is not going to be easy. 
And nobody ever said it would be. I don't even know where in the body of Christ we get this concept that it was going to be easy to pick up our cross and follow Christ. That's it's, you know, it's not going to be easy, but great is the reward. The lives that are going to be touched and affected, the souls that are going to be saved from our testimonies and what we've been brought through by the grace of God is so, 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 so powerful. So I'm so thankful to Solomon for joining me today on this episode. Uh, he brought forth a powerful word. I'm so thankful for that. Um, I just wanted to uh, bring this vision to life. This is going to be the first of many, uh, just various believers, men and women of God that can bring a personal revelation of what the Father has brought to them to share it with the listeners so that that can encourage you um, wherever you are in your walk. So I just want to speak blessings over you wherever you are, uh, where you're listening, and just let you know, just stay encouraged. God is with you. He's walking this with right along with you. Um, don't grow weary. I know it gets hard. I know it gets hard. But when it gets really hard, go to your father. Go to him and tell him all about it. He can carry it. You can't. He never expected us to carry it. He wants us to bring it before him. Leave it there. Trust him with it and keep going with the instruction he was given. He has given. Amen. Amen. So I just want to thank you again for joining me and uh, everybody listening. I hope you all have a blessed rest of your day. And I look forward to not seeing you. I keep saying that on every podcast. I cannot see you, but I look forward to another episode on our next uh, Living Positively Whole. Be blessed. I love you. Well, this concludes our first episode of official season two. So I just want to take this time to thank Solomon again for joining me, um, diving into this topic. I know I was blessed uh, from this message and we have more messages like this to come. So stay tuned for our next one on Living Positively Whole. I hope you have a wonderful, amazing, blessed day. Happy New Year to you and your family and blessings and love. See you soon.